Good morning and a happy Thursday to you folks. It is a beautiful day outside. I hope it's gorgeous where you're at as well. And I'm going to tell you a little story about making lemonade out of lemons. Having a conversation with a gentleman friend of mine yesterday, and he said he had one of the most embarrassing moments of his life. He asked a woman when she was due, and she wasn't pregnant. Oh my flood! Have you ever heard of such an embarrassing moment? But I looked at him and said... Well, you survived. The sun is going to come up tomorrow. So I'll tell you what, man, everything is up from here. So folks, think of the most embarrassing moment of your life and realize you're still alive. You're still standing. You're still awake. The sun is coming up. The flowers are beautiful. Folks, embarrassing moments only make you stronger. So get out there, enjoy your embarrassing moment, yet embrace your embarrassing moment and just have a fabulous day. It's time to play hard, work hard. Now, let's play hard. Welcome to the Crude Live Morning Show. Play hard, work hard. My name is Jason Spies, joined with Sean Forbes, the sexy, sophisticated Sean Forbes, wearing sophisticated outfit today. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> joined with Yale Preston with I Ain't Jack Productions. But he's wearing a Nesset Consulting. Or, sorry, Nesset. They drop That's consulting. Right. So Nesset. What's, uh, first of all, the representation relationship of Nesset, why you're wearing the, either sure. that or you're a big fan. Uh, Both, yeah. actually. Yeah, that <laughs> goes hand in hand. Huh? Yeah, it's kind of hard not to be a fan of Nessa Consulting. Totally. So she must be doing some work with you then. Yes, well, I'm, I'm actually an oil field consultant for Kathy Nessa and That's Nessa Consulting. Thought. Yep. And then my uh, my side hustle is, uh, is I Ain't Jack Productions. Okay, so we just wanted to make sure there was mm-hmm. two different d- differentiations right. of that because I did want to talk about the I Ain't Jack a little bit. Sure. Uh, that's a side hustle you mentioned. Talk talk about what it, I Ain't Jack is, the genesis of it, and what the services are, etc. Well, I Ain't Jack Productions basically started out as a hobby. Um, my my wife and I and all of our friends, we, we like to do a lot of adventure sports. We skydive, we scuba dive, we rock climb, we ice climb, we windsurf, we wake surf, and we just thought that these would be, I mean, they're when you're like, on the side of Devil's Tower in Wyoming, and you're looking out across the prairie from 400 feet off the ground, you just, it's, it's like such an amazing vantage point. It's an amazing perspective on life, on the planet, and on just what it means to be alive. It's like we want to just share that. We thought photography would be a great way to do it. Videos would be a great way to do it. So we started sharing that on our, on our Instagram. There's an actual scientific word for that. It's the awe effect, the awesome effect. Yeah. And they talk about mountains in the Grand Canyon as the, as the, in the ocean as the first example that people can totally understand what that is, is that when your whole body just gets overtaken with the awesomeness of what you're witnessing. Right. So I can imagine climbing Devil's Tower or something like that. You'd be like, whoa, Jason, I am an that's ant. a brilliant perspective. Yeah. The, other, the other time I've really felt that, that awesomeness, uh, small feeling of being a tiny human in a in a big huge place yes and i don't know something about that that just making you seem such a small part of this giant thing going on just provides meaning somehow and uh really the first time i've ever felt that was we we're on a dive in the cayman islands 
and we went over a wall and we were down at, I don't know, about 100, 115 feet. And you just swim out in the wall and you swim out away from the wall and all of a sudden you're over 6,000 feet of water. And you just feel the massive... Vulnerable is what I would feel. Yes. You're vulnerable. <laughs> yes. You, you, it's, you lose perspective of everything. You're like, this place is vast. It's absolutely vast. And I am just a speck of this amazing thing that's going on around me. Yeah. And it's so, a similar thing in Hawaii because when you were talking about the yes. awesome effect of being a you know, speck and all these things, I had that with a whale. The first time I saw mm-hmm. a whale, mm-hmm. I, was, I was 50 feet from that whale. Yeah. And that thing, I was afraid. Like, that thing could take us out if it wanted to at any time. And I was on a boat with several hundred people, so this was not a small boat. Mm-hmm. But all I could think of is, yeah, that whale could just take us out at any time it wanted to. And, again, perspective, awesome effect, and mm-hmm. vulnerable. Yes. Yes. One time I, I, felt, I felt what you're talking about yes. is I was on a flight on 4th of July. And, you know, when you're on an airplane, you look down and you see houses, Yes. Hundreds and thousands of houses. So that's one perspective to make things seem really small is when you're up in the air. Absolutely. But, but flying on 4th of July and seeing little fireworks displays everywhere, it was incredible. But yeah, wow. I, fe- I felt what you're talking about. Like we're very small con- yeah. compared to everything. Right? Yeah. And that's just an amazing part of being a human. Yeah. Is you were, we're here for a brief time mm-hmm. on this amazing place. And... I think the I, well, I think another time that you really notice that we've we've climbed a lot of the all the major objectives in Washington State, but there's one on on um, Washington's Pass. It's called Liberty Bell. Okay. And it's about a thousand feet or so, but you're up on the side of that, and you camp out at night on the side of the cliff. Oh wow! And it's just it's incredible to be surrounded by nothing and just this rock face. That sounds and, terrifying. And you just spend the day <laughs> with the earth in your hands. Um, and gravity in your face. <laughs> That's amazing. Have you ever but, uh, done a 14er in Colorado? Um, no, I've done four. I've done uh, Mount Rainier, which is over 14,000 feet. Okay. But that one's uh, different than Colorado 14ers. It's, it's got uh, Himalayan-style glacial, glacier problems on it. Oh, but yeah. So, but yeah, I've been over, I think 14, what is it, 14, 410 is Mount Rainier. Okay. Well, come so, on to Colorado this I summer. I would love to. And do one with me. I've okay. done. I did one uh, two years ago. I did Mount Albert, and that was, I think it's the highest one in the state. Okay. I'm taking you up um, on that. But not that one. I don't want to do that one again. We'll do a different one. Okay. <laughs> you pick it off, lick it. Okay. We'll do it. Good transition into June, the month of June. And uh, at The Crude Life, we like to do a different theme each month. Uh, March, for example, was Women's History Month, so mm-hmm. we featured a different woman in uh, industry mm-hmm. every day of the month sure uh april keep america clean month so we featured companies that were doing esg or they were planting trees or mm-hmm. maybe had meatless monday in the cafeteria <laughs> whatever it might be you know uh june uh may by the way we're doing events and barbecues and and uh industry events barbecue bravado and trade shows is what we call it in june it's oil and water do mix so I'm interested in your perspective because the idea behind oil and water do mix is take a kayak. Well, they used to make kayaks out of animals mm-hmm. and, and, and trees and things like that. And, you know, when, when you go underwater and you have a snorkel on, well, that thing's made out of petroleum products. It and is, indeed. I love to paddleboard. What do you think that thing's made out of? Right. When I say the word oil 
and water do mix. With your outdoor adventure stuff and your video footage and your extreming it out there, I Ain't Jack Productions, what does that mean to you, oil and water do mix? Well, it, that's it's actually great, and it's kind of funny that you mentioned that because if I was a whitewater cacker exclusively for many years just out of high school so and my my roto molded polyethylene dancer xt you know that was a great boat and it was um it was excellent man it's just boy i could just wow. see that commercial what was that you r- 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 it's a it's a road it's roto molded polyethylene it's how they it's how they make that and it's it's, how, it's plastic how easily you said that that's what we need people to do is speak as right fluently like that about well, polyethylene and yes. honestly <laughs> honestly my career in oil and gas is what has made all of this possible um i wouldn't i wouldn't be able to travel to these places and see these things and take my family with me if it wasn't for petroleum um, products if it wasn't for petroleum products and my career here right i mean i couldn't how, how in the world can one of my one of my biggest dreams is i have two daughters right now one of them's 20 the other one's 18 i wanted to last year take them to hawaii and actually have them dive with me and listen to the whale song underwater. Because the whales that you're talking about, the humpbacks in Hawaii, when you hear them underwater, it is a powerfully emotional thing. How could I have got them there without flying on an airplane? Without that... without that Jet fuel. Without that JP-4, right? <laughs> yes. How could you get them underwater? How could we get them underwater? They have all of their, all of their, their buoyancy control devices, everything, their tanks. It, it, all, it all comes down to... What oil and gas has provided for us, as a as a species, as a as an entity on this planet, what it's provided humanity, um, we cannot live without it. We just can't. There's no there's no physical way that we could continue life on this planet without what that provides for us. It would be a completely different way of life. Yes, and it would be shortened. It'd it be would. very shortened. I mean, I if it wasn't for oil and gas, I'd be dead. Okay, like the I, medical I'm a products alone. Survivor. So oh, I had congratulations. I had, oh, I had 18 days where I went without food and water. I was hooked up wow. to a plastic bag mm-hmm. full of I call it horchata. It was some sort of white <laughs> white milky potassium mix, you know. But the it bag, might have been Bailey's. No, the bag said made <laughs> in Mexico, so I called it my horchata. <laughs> well, I had to figure out something to do to keep myself sane, but. Oh, I'd be long gone if it wasn't for oil and gas. Me and too. All, all Me too. Yeah. Yes, I've, yeah, sure. I was in ICU in 2012 for tw- 12 days, intubated, and without that breathing wow. tube, I wouldn't be around. So. Or you just think about all these vaccinations, and lately the big one that is we've all been talking about, can you imagine what it would be like trying to distribute that vaccine without petroleum products? Yeah, this is where me and uh, a lot of climate activists go mm-hmm. the opposite direction really quick and we leave parties, is um, when they start getting into the planet of platitudes where they start talking about how everybody's going to be driving mm-hmm. an electric car and fossil fuels are going to go away and all this stuff. I did start with the vaccines for a while. Mm-hmm. I tried some other things, but it didn't. it's not hitting. So I tried the vaccines. I said, hey, do you mind if we just have a conversation about vaccines? Would you like to use reusable Needles, or should we get a new, fresh plastic vaccine for every person? Mm-hmm. And they look at me, and I'm like, because, you know, we can wash them like at a restaurant and how they do glasses. Mm-hmm. Are you comfortable <laughs> getting a vaccine that's been used by someone else? Secondly, 
Would you like your vaccine to come in a hermetically sealed Oh, you went there. Casing, or you would went you there before just, I was thinking that exact thing. Yeah. Or would you rather just have it sit around with all the other sick people? That's right. <laughs> you don't. People don't realize, and one of the things I was just telling Sean about too is the other side hustle that I have with with my wife is that we we grow herbs um, at home. We have an aquaponics garden at home, and we grow herbs, and we also grow a lot of different kinds of mushrooms, like uh, oyster mushrooms, um, lion's mane. You don't realize how much junk there is floating in the atmosphere until you've tried to grow culinary mushrooms. You just don't. I mean, without without your just ability meaning to contaminated. Yeah. So unreal. So without without amazing. the ability to to isolate that and have have everything sealed, have everything perfectly uh, sterilized, mm. no motion. You know, you. I take a plastic like tub a clean and I room. Set it's like it a clean room down. almost. Yeah. yeah. I put a plastic right. tub and I set it upside down to isolate my airflow, and then I jump. I just kind of pull over the edge of the table and I reach up underneath of it, and that's how that's how I inoculate to keep the contaminants out. No kidding. I mean, it's using a plastic tub. Yeah, I just use a plastic tub upside down. I have all my like a Rubbermaid um, container. Yep, yep, and um, I inoculate that way. I'm wearing rubber gloves, latex gloves, and I just read an article actually last week, and I, I read half, and I mm-hmm. saved it so I can go back, and now I'm gonna because of our conversation here, and basically talked about how the mushroom might save climate change because of the absorbing of all the mm-hmm. different toxins and, and stuff in the air and because that is its role on the planet is to out of the earth all the the, yeah. the things that are not supposed to be eaten by others that's what cattails and uh fungus and these other things do like if you go to a, a cattails you know mm-hmm. they're actually purifying the water that's they that's, are that's yeah. their role is to purify mm-hmm. water Fungi do the same thing, fungus mm-hmm. or whatever you want. Yeah, to call mycelium it. is the is the um, what? is the plant mycelium. Okay, um, it's the okay. So the mushroom is the fruit. So like, if you have a tree, you have an apple. Apple's the fruit. The tree is the plant body. So mycelium is the plant body. Yeah, of that of the fungus, and it actually monitors a lot of forest health. It's in your yard. It's monitoring health of everything. And um, now these my- myceliums, these things can be like acres. Big, right? Huge. I think the largest, the largest recorded organism in the world is a mycelium yes. network in Washington State. Okay, I knew Alaska yeah. had a really big one too. It might be Alaska, but I think yeah. it was Washington. No, State. you're probably more right than I am. This is a lot of fungus and, and mushroom talk for an mm-hmm. oil and gas show. It's a lot of fungus, among especially. Us. Anyway, I was going to make some sort of Colorado mushroom joke, but anyway, I, I that's all right. I think time. we all know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's it's just uh, again. Um, yes, absolutely. That's that's one of the things that life force that is an amazing thing, and it's we've known it. It's ancient. We've known it for a long time. Well, Native Americans used to teach harmony and civility through mushrooms, right? Because of the, the how they were connected under the soil. Mm-hmm. You thought each one was an individual little mushroom, but actually they're all connected under the yeah. same organism. They are. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's great lessons in mushrooms, really. And all you got to do is get on the internet and look up like lion's mane, chaga, raishi. Um, I'm not sure what'll come up if I do that. Well, <laughs> they're they're all they're all culinary Spell mushrooms. Check. Spell I'm check. I'm just kidding. I just they're they're all functional mushrooms that you can you can buy. Now they're infused in your coffee. I love. Ch- I do. I drink chaga coffee all the time. I sure, used to. Um, absolutely. Yeah. So my wife makes up a. She we we actually what what we can we can only grow so much, but what we don't she orders in. And so we have a, a lion's mane, a chaga raishi, um, blend. Oh, raishi's good too. That I she like just raishi. blends up, yeah. and it's just, so it's this powder, and we just put it in our coffee and then pour our coffee. Oh, and it's just it's excellent. Yeah. 
Does it have a lot of protein? Does it have a lot of protein in it? Um, That I would be lying if I told you. Okay. So if you're okay with that, I'll tell you. All right. Sounds, I mean, it has to have some (laughs) nutritional benefits, of course, you know. But it just has it just has uh, health benefits. Yeah, it could be. Um, I think one of them is improving your circulation. I know lion's mane is a huge uh, neuro has a lot of neurogenic benefits, hmm. um, and it's just yeah, it's amazing. I'm not a big fan of mushrooms, but lately I've been. We can't be I've friends. been well. I've, I've been <laughs> I've been introducing them into sure. my meals um, yeah. in small doses. So I'll dice them up. And I'm trying to get myself used to the texture and flavor right. of them, and I think then I think eventually I'll be okay. But they're so good for you, and I'm yeah. s- upset that yeah. I'm not a just I don't just go order a big um, mushroom burger, you know, yeah, <laughs> like a portobello oh God, burger, yeah. you know. Great. But one day, one day, one day. baby well, steps, baby ba- steps. That's all you can do. Yeah. But it's amazing. Again, like oil and gas is is instrumental in us to be able to provide things like this mm-hmm. at, a, at a level that we can all use. Right. In, in well, agriculture, yeah, in food services. We, it, you're, you're, um, you said that you guys grow these herbs and you sell mm-hmm. them to the local yeah, restaurants. Yeah, lo- local restaurants use our products, yes. That's fantastic. But We're doing a, uh, I got a vertical garden. Excellent, yeah. It's all made out of plastic. Big old piece of plastic yep. that allows the water to go up and down through a mm-hmm. pump and I can grow 36 plants with two by four feet two yeah. feet wide yeah. four feet tall and a foot I think it's a foot deep that's how we started Bighorn Aquaponics in fact was with I, I just went to Home Depot and I bought PVC fittings and yep. I slapped it all together and that's that's my next yeah. one is I'm going to do a, a PVC uh, tower that is just it's going to you know basically be like a tetherball pole Sure. And I'm just going to start with that's going to be my next project in the garage. I have so, some ideas for you. Oh, I can't wait to see those. Yeah, you bet. I'll write some sketches too, huh? Sure, if you want. <laughs> be happy to help. So what are you doing for Nesset? You don't have to get into the day-to-day, but I mean, you know, plug your business at the same time. So now you do you do oil and gas consulting work for Nesset. Right. So, I, I started actually in the oil and gas as a, as a landman. And okay. then I went immediately to being a field operator. And just I've been bouncing back, bouncing back and forth around in the oil field, and I just got a lot of great experience, yeah. um, a multidisciplinary career kind of. And so for Nesset right now, I'm out. I'm out for them currently, um, doing some safety consulting. EHS. Yep. Yep. So Environmental I've, health and safety. I've done that. Yep. And then uh, we love done, acronyms. Yep. <laughs> done some design engineering work. Um, I've built a couple of tank batteries, designed a couple of tank batteries. Uh, worked on some larger facilities for some other companies under with non-disclosures, um, so that was very fascinating. Um, and then I was also a construction consultant, so I've done a lot of supervision. And um, and I ain't Jack has just grown out of that. And uh, right now I'm in a I'm in a partnership with a, an amazing company in May, in Maine that's called Sweetgrass, and we're we're working on these documentaries like the one that we just did for Nesset Consulting that premiered today. Uh, and we're focusing on, on people and relationships and people's relationships with their natural resources and environment so that we, we just feel like that's something that we're really missing in this culture. Um, as we grow, people are forgetting what it's like to get your hands dirty, what it's like to, to work with rocks, to be in the dirt, to manage your uh, natural resources and, and the relationships with one another that that creates too. So we're hoping to increase a lot of communication because that seems to be breaking down. Yes. But Positive promotion right. of the industry and how it affects our lives. Yes. And so that's kind of what I'm pretty much all my, my time right now is either with I Ain't Jack and Sweetgrass or with Nesset Consulting. 
Well, you mentioned the communication part. That, that's the still oil and gas we're talking about. Is that right? It's it's a lot of different things. Um, it can be oil and gas. It could be it could be water. Um, it could be forests. We're working yeah. on a project right now with one of um, well, not with, but it's about one of. Uh, the nation's first foresters, Philip Tripp Coolidge, and the amazing forestry plans that he's that he did in the past, and um, using all his historical um, and amazing uh, records, it's all part of the National Archives now, hmm. and uh, that'll be my next big project. But it's it's just people in their environment, and people in their natural resources, and of course things like this where people can just sit down and talk about things. You're a pretty approachable guy. Why, thank you. You are non-confrontational in your overall de- demeanor. You are working in oil and gas, but you also have some uh, green stuff on the side. You're a lot like I am, actually, you know, where my friends call me the capitalist hippie. Hippie capitalist, go. because, yeah. you know, I, I got a capitalist mind, but everything I do is hippie-related, right? Yeah. How is it that uh, you're... Green network, your that side of your life. How, does that coexist with oil and gas? Because I do get, I, I, I got to be careful from time to time. Sometimes it, oil and water mix, but they don't seem to mix. Sometimes, you know, do, do you it, understand what I mean? Yeah, I do. Okay. And it, it they, it's a tough question to ask without offending people. It can so be. That's why I'm. That's why I'm. If folks, I'm tiptoeing for a reason here. Oh, don't don't. Yeah, don't be afraid to tiptoe around me. I don't, okay. I often don't allow people to hurt my feelings. Um, <laughs> Well, I'm also not trying to tick off the industry too. So. <laughs> oh well, there's that. Um, I think I think they have to coexist. Well, because it's a reality out there. That, yeah. that, that there's this little bit of head head clashing going mm-hmm. on here. That's uh, yeah. I remember watching a, a TV show. It was a re- it was a reality TV show, and um, where they bring a bunch of kids from the city out to a ranch, and they actually have to kill their own animals. I remember they have to that. Eat their own animals, and uh, a lot of them just couldn't handle it. Yep. Um, your food doesn't come from a plastic sack. It doesn't come from a styrofoam container. It comes from a living creature. That, that resource has to be responsibly managed. It can't just be let go. It can't be turned to nature. Um, it, it has to be managed and has to be done smartly. And to understand that the free market is the best way to create innovation and um, forward motion, I think, is, is, is important. I hope that answers your question. I'm not sure if it does. I guess maybe th- with the folks that you do the the greenery stuff with the produce, mm-hmm. do you if they find out you work in the oil and gas industry, are there any? Most, most of them are restaurant owners, and restaurant owners are some of the the people who understand. Yeah, they support the industry. Their 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 relationship to uh, oil and gas mm-hmm. to to man and and the myth of of it being a dirty, filthy, environmentally harmful. That's such a that's such a myth that's propagated. But I think a lot of people realize the truth of that more than we more than we care to talk about sometimes. It's a little different for me because I'm out of Fargo. You know, that's the mm-hmm. that's the Austin and Boulder of North Dakota. It is, yeah. And I talked with a um, coffee company. Mm-hmm. She's from Williston. He's from Eastern Montana. Worked for an oil and gas company for ten years. Mm-hmm. And they stopped uh, volunteering where they were from because people in Fargo, they called it the Fargo nose wrinkle. People would wrinkle their nose mm-hmm. like, mm, when they'd mention oil and gas. And they don't lie about it. So if they ask, they'll, they'll admit it, right. you know, or not admit it, but they'll, 
mm-hmm. give that information. But it was just interesting because I, I went through the same thing, you know, and it was Colorado that actually where I got it from was I would stay in Fort Collins. And I started noticing five to seven years ago, people were looking over their shoulder before they'd say they worked in oil and gas. And that was really weird to me because yeah. I, I didn't know that it was polarizing like that. So anyway, I just you're somebody who's doing a lot with the green part of the world. Well, again, I think this is but an- quietly. Well, well again, no, I think, I think it's the relationship, like you yeah. said. That's exactly where I was going. Is yeah. we, we have to get back to telling these stories of and, and just presenting the truth of the matter in a personal way to people. Leave the politics out of it. Just present the facts. Present the story. Because in our humanity and in our experience is the power and the emotion for people to see what's really going on. Instead of all this political, elevated, uh, I, don't, I don't even know how to explain it anymore, and, if you do nonsense, <laughs> it's, it is. We call it's it a, nonsense. I say it's it out of control. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> this machine that's going on outside of us that we're losing control of rapidly, and uh, that's probably the best way to describe it. Yeah, actually, yeah, because really. we really are. It's like a freight runaway, runaway, like those trucks on a runaway ramp. Yes, absolutely. But and we but we need that truck to start scooting back down, and yeah. like you said, educating people, getting people back to understanding the truth about natural resources and how they're responsibly produced and well, how yeah. it fuels our lives and it's necessary. Exactly, Sean. Yeah. And I, I would even I would even say that we, we could probably even forget about the truth and just present the facts. Right. Um, but do that in, in a in a in a way that presents the the story. Um, that's I, the hope I think anyway. I think you're reality story is right on as far as um, there's a certain experiential element that they need to have and I don't know how that's going to happen um, I, I do think the industrial forest is one way mm-hmm. to give them the experience to show them that next level I think vertical gardening is another way Yeah. I think uh, the oil and water do mix you know the kayaking and the paddle boarding and just activities getting people out there to experience it and then I, I would love to see somebody go do that without oil and gas. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just not a possibility, right? But, uh, I mean, just to see the reaction to be like, oh, okay. Yeah. How am I going to do that now? Okay. And then the cost of everything, too, is is probably astronomical. Well, we'll what, would a, what would a wood canoe cost versus a plexiglass? Well, today versus, yeah, I mean. you know, nine months ago. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Boy, the today. price of lumber's gone through the roof. Yeah. Yes, four thousand dollars. What I don't, what I have a hard time comprehending in my mind is because I grew up in Missoula, Montana. That's another thing that you look over your shoulder before you, you announce, right? Um, just because the the incredible political influence there. But uh, you know, I grew up in the forest there, and to see the forest like in the Black Hills, be unmanaged for so long, get taken over by beetles. Um, then there's a standing tinderbox that burned down. I mean, we no mitigation. Yeah, and then that that resource then is just wasted. It didn't it didn't help anybody. Um, it didn't help the forest. And then the forests are what clean our air. Right. So there's all of that all of that air cleaning, all of that returning, you know, the circle of life thing that is now out of circulation because we failed to manage it properly. I don't I don't understand. I really don't. Understand how I love your spirit. Thank you. I love your relationship with the environment and keep going. (laughs) Thank you. Well, we're going to try. That's the whole hope is we keep telling these stories and get people um, 
back in touch with with their environment and their natural resources. Yeah. Well, what's next? What's next for you? What do you? Well, I think what's next, I'm going to drive back to Watford and go consult some safety stuff in the morning. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's what's next. Um, With my dog. Um, I think next is uh, just keep telling stories. We're going to keep telling stories. Um, We have some more work to do with Nessa. We have... We have a big project coming up, this, this, that historical project that I mentioned. And um, just looking forward to uh, working on that with my collaboration with Sweetgrass back in Maine. And, um, yeah, I think that's what's next. Well, thank you for your time today. I well, enjoyed I the meeting you and getting to know you and hearing about all the amazing things you're doing well, out there the in, in, really in the world. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Because I'm going to be me. heard on the Crude Life Morning Show Play Hard, Work Hard is by the Moody River Band. Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com The Crude Life Play Hard, Work Hard is sponsored in part by American Directional Driller especially designed for the American Directional Driller to measure bottom hole assembly equipment up to 40 feet. As of release, this product is unmatched in the marketplace. This heavy-duty 40-foot tape measure has three measurement scales on an extra-wide blade. Pick up this 40-foot tape measure at Amazon.com or be sure to check out their website, American Directional Driller. The Crude Life. Play hard, work hard. Is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, 
check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. Play hard, work hard. Time now to work hard on the Swan Energy phone lines. The meeting that I had as Secretary of State with a world leader or one of my counterparts, a foreign minister from around the world, uh, these countries all really wanted the United States to be part of their energy solution. I was proud to do everything we could to promote what we were doing here in the United States, including what we were doing, what you all are doing here in North Dakota, to make clear to them that we could provide quality, uh, reliable set of energy to make life for their people better. This gave me enormous power as America's most senior diplomat. I used it shamelessly because it mattered. It mattered that we, our friends, were receiving these products from us, things that heated homes, things that provided uh, resources to turn the lights on in these countries, all the things that matter deeply because they needed a friend providing these resources and not an adversary. And America's capacity to not only produce but ship and transport these products affordably around the world made my job as America's diplomat a lot more successful. So with that, I'm happy to take questions and talk about whatever you all would like. I, I did live in this world. I've been to trade shows like this. I've had booths at trade shows just like this. I'm pretty sure I'm the only Secretary of State that ever had a booth at an oil show. I've been to the permit base in the oil show multiple times. Uh, so I, I, I know the kinds of people that are involved in this life. Uh, they're good people. They're hardworking people. And they are the backbone of what's great about our country. And so it's great fun to be back here in a place like this with people that I know and love and appreciate how much they're doing for themselves, for their community, and now I know for the United States of America's security as well. Who's got a question? I'm happy to take Yes, ma'am. With the possibility of different changes by the administration coming down the line, for example, the climate tax, how do you feel that's going to affect the global trade? Yeah, it's bad for America. Uh, it will impose costs on a product that the United States uses not only for its internal purposes. We forget, we think about cars, gasoline, right? We think about uh, the energy, natural gas-fired power plants that provide electricity, but we ought not forget how much, how much of our fossil fuel products are processed into all kinds of things, plastic things that we use, uh, medical devices. This is an industry that impacts every sector of the American economy and therefore our capacity to sell all of our products around the world at affordable prices. We, we want to be the producer. We want to be the manufacturer. These jobs matter in the United States of America. We all know that when you tax something, you get less of it. And so these threats that this administration has put forward, these proposals that intend to decrease the capacity for America to produce energy affordably, put all of those manufacturing jobs, all of the good work that happens here in the Williston basis and that America's capacity to extend those benefits to the world it puts it at risk. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Hi there, Haley Boland, KFR TV. Um, with things like the recent Colonial Pipeline hack, how reliable is America's critical infrastructure and what kind of changes do you think need to be made to secure it? So this has been something that I've worked on. I, frankly, I worked alongside it with uh, uh, North Dakota's own Kevin Kramer when we were on the Energy and Commerce Committee together. Uh, like a long time ago. We, we've always known that there was risk to this infrastructure, and so we've done a lot indeed. Uh, the utilities across the states have done a great deal. There's lots of work that's gone into protecting these key economic energy infrastructure projects and operations. Defense is hard to play. Offense is relatively easy in the cyber world, so there is an important federal component. So it appears that this particular hack uh, emanated from outside of the United States. That's a federal responsibility. A federal responsibility to not only protect 
and diminish the number of times something like this could possibly happen, but also to make sure that we impose real costs on the actors that we are able to identify who may have undertaken something like this. This is an attack on the United States of America from an external adversary. The United States has a responsibility to respond to that. And as for infrastructure, when, when you start raising the cost to build pipelines, when you start raising the cost to build infrastructure, when you start denying federal lands as a place for research, when you, the aggregate effect of this regulatory environment increases the risk that you'll have events like what we had with the Colonial Pipeline. Uh, not only that you'll have a hacking event, right? Companies have to make decisions. Are you going to spend money on cyber defense? Are you going to spend money trying to, uh, to talk with your elected officials so that you can ensure that you continue to operate your business? to make resource allocations. And so to the extent that there's a burden imposed on these very companies, their capacity to defend their own infrastructure will become decreased as well. All of these things increase the risk that we'll have more events like this, if not fewer. I guess with that in mind, do you think that the recently introduced, the, uh, the PROTECT Act, it was recently introduced with our uh, Energy and Natural Resources Committee, do you think that that would be the right approach to helping with the infrastructure and cybersecurity issues that we are currently seeing? I'm not familiar with that piece of legislation, uh, but, but having said that, this ought to be bipartisan. This, 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 need not, this shouldn't be a political Democrat issue. Ensuring that a pipeline that serves 40% of the energy, processed energy, petroleum on the East Coast, that, that's not a partisan issue. There are Democrats in Boston. There are Democrats in Charlotte. Right? This, this ought to be a bipartisan issue to ensure that America's energy infrastructure is strong enough. Look, we saw, too, this wasn't the first significant incident. There was an incident in Texas, right, where they had a significant storm that blew in and caused power outages and enormous damages in the Houston region of Texas. America's energy infrastructure has to be robust enough. It can't be fragile. It has to have redundancy built in. And so while I don't know the details of this piece of legislation, uh, anything that the federal government can do to ensure that we have a robust, reliable, redundant energy system and we can transport products like those that come from the Williston basis, sign me up for it. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Um, I was just wondering if you could talk a bit about um, North Dakota and the role that you see our energy here in this state, kind of playing on the world stage. Uh, you know, I have one, one big picture item and one, one, one uh, anecdote. The anecdote is that I went to Belarus and told the Belarusians that America was prepared to ship them energy, denying essentially the Russians the, the capacity to dominate Belarusians' energy supply. Uh, North Dakota responded and deliver. North Dakota, Bakken Energy, the gentleman sitting here in the back who made it all happen, along with a bunch of folks. Uh, an amazing story about North Dakota and North Dakotans delivering an outcome that mattered to America's geostrategic interests around the world in a place as far off as Belarus. More broadly, uh, the, the work that gets done here uh, from a state with a relatively small population delivering a significant piece of American energy to the United States and across the world matters an awful lot. The capacity for North Dakotas to continue to have access to the resources they need and to be able to operate in a uh, political and regulatory environment where they can continue to produce affordable, reliable energy for the world certainly matters to people here in North Dakota and the jobs and all the good that comes with it for North Dakotan communities, but it matters to people all across the United States and indeed for my successor, uh, Secretary Blinken, to be able to make sure that they have the capacity to tell other countries, whether it's in the Mediterranean or in Asia, wherever it may be, that America stands ready to provide them with safe and affordable fuel for their country as well. It gives 
capacity to have influence in places we might otherwise not have that influence. So bless North Dakota for providing that for me and for all of us who are working to keep Americans safe. Yes, sir. Here. Jeremy Turley, Forum News Service. Are you going to run for president in 2024? <laughs> Remember I said I'd answer almost any question? <laughs> <laughs> Look, the, the truth of the matter is, I, and you'll see this, I'm incredibly focused on 2022. I've traveled, I think, up to nine or 13 <laughs> events. I'm going to do a bunch next week, uh, a couple of the week after that. Uh, we, we need to stop what the Biden administration is doing as quickly as we can. The quickest way to do that is to win back control of the House and the Senate in November of 2022. Uh, what comes after that, Lord only knows. And I mean that as a man of faith. Only the Lord knows what will happen. I, I, I'm in for the fight. You know, I served as a soldier, had the privilege to serve as a member of Congress representing South Central Kansas for six years, and then had two, uh, two incredible privileges to serve President Trump as his director of the CIA and then as Secretary of State. Uh, these issues matter an awful lot to me and to my family. Uh, we're prepared to stay engaged in this. And what, what form that takes three years or four years from now, I, I simply don't know. Yes, sir. There's been a lot of talk this week about the importance of uh, reducing the carbon footprint of some of North Dakota's fossil fuel industry. Sure. I'm um, curious what your thoughts are on that effort. How important is that for the fossil fuel industry? Sure. Uh, we, we, we're all good citizens. <laughs> I've watched. I've watched it. You have an ag community. I watched Kansas uh, folks who were drilling wells. I watched Kansas farmers, agricultural community, both folks who were growing things and, and, and raising cattle. I watched them. They care deeply about clean air and safe drinking water. All, all of these things matter an awful lot. To the extent there's a way to continue to operate these businesses in a way that has a, a decreased risk to harm in the future, I don't think there's a single person that's at this conference today that would object to that. I think everybody would be on board with trying to achieve those set of objectives. Here's what we can't do, though. We, we cannot take actions that will fundamentally alter the capacity for America to continue to grow its economy. You can't, those, those burdens will backfire, they will have harmful effects on the environment. I can tell you, the correlation between longevity and health and the capacity for a country to have economic growth is real. And when you deny that, and many of these aims of the so-called Green New Deal, many of them are aimed at a more healthy world. Health decreases when countries become poor and when countries don't have the capacity to grow in a way that takes and lifts their people out of poverty. We need to do all the things that we do in the United States in a way that protects our air, protects our water, all things that matter to every person that I have encountered in the agriculture industry and the oil and gas industry. We can do it. We can achieve these things and to the extent we can find ways to do it, whether that's carbon capture, whatever it may be, I, I know that there will be innovation and investment that's made by the very people who are at this conference today. Yes, sir. Uh, first, I thank you for coming to North Dakota, Mr. Secretary. We appreciate it. Um, do you agree with the reports out there that Russia was behind the cyber attack on the Colonial Pipeline? And secondly, earlier this week, uh, former Speaker Newt Gingrich said, hey, if, if this was a state actor, we should treat this as an act of war. Do you agree with that? So the second part, I think uh, former Speaker Gingrich has right. I talked about this being an attack on the United States from an external actor. It certainly appears to be that. I don't have any information on whether or not this is uh, Russia other than as you observe the characteristics that have been publicly made available, it has all the hallmarks of a, the kind of operation that the Russians would have engaged in. So it certainly would be consistent with their pattern and practice. Whether that's the case, we leave to our intelligence community to tell our leaders, and then we should expect that our leaders will respond in a way that it decreases the likelihood of this will something like this will ever happen again. 
thank you very much for being with me this morning. Everybody have a great day. Exclusive interview industry news, environmental innovation at thecrudelife.com. Well, I know right from wrong. heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River Band. Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. And I've always been here tight, always been kept warm. I got the shelter for getting ready for the storm. The Crude Life with host Jason Speaks. My name is Jason Spees, and this is the Crude Life Daily Update. On today's episode, we talk with Dr. Lauren Scott, energy expert and economist, as well as Professor Emeritus at Louisiana State University. This is Dr. Lauren Scott. This is an administration that's very anti-internal uh, combustion engine. They are very much against the internal combustion engine. The person that he put into the head of the Department of Interior, Deb Halen, is very much a strong uh, green new deal person she wants to do away with the internal combustion engine she wants to stop all drilling and permitting on uh, federal lands and waters lands being very important to you guys waters being very important to us uh, so he is putting people in places of power that have bought fully into the climate change as a result they're really pushing very hard against the internal combustion engine so uh the people in states like your state my state texas some extent colorado and also within the pennsylvania area this is not this is not oklahoma this is not happy news for us just seems like they're going to be really almost getting people to rely on public transportation and a number of different things. Just the, the, reading the tea leaves is all I'm getting at. Is It just seems like yeah, this is well, really ramping up. Yeah, well, it is ramping up. And, and I think the only way they're going to be able to get people to start using EVs more and more is to force them. To listen to the full-length interview with Dr. Lauren Scott, Professor Emeritus at Louisiana State University and President of Lauren Scott & Associates, or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. While you're there, be sure to check out our ever-growing army of social media energy enthusiasts by clicking on our social media tab. We have the YouTubes, the Facebooks, even the Twitters are now at thecrudelife.com. From the staff here at the Crude Life Daily Update, my name is Jason Spies asking and always remember, energy is more than an industry, it's a way of life. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software 
Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. We're going to do a good old-fashioned Bakken barbecue. Halliburton has been cooking for two days. Uh, they've cooked 2,500 pounds of pork, 800 pounds of sausage, uh, 500 pounds of chicken. So uh, Everyone's favorite are the fish tacos, but they've got burgers, steaks, salads, I mean, pretty much everything. Hear it on the radio and don't turn it up, brother, in a country, no. I come here and the first experience was, oh, where are all the rigs? Because you have so much country here. If it ain't about whiskey, sipping, guitar, picking, tractors, trailers, trucks, or prison, man, it ain't a country song. In a car, they're in a tent, they're in some other building that's not meant for human habitation. We've actually found people living in haystacks, in uh, grain bins. We found one guy that uh, basically gets shelter in a culvert each night. This was one of those stories where one reporter can't cover. There's too much happening at one time in too many places. If you hear it and it ain't stuck in your head all day. It's got a pop back beat and it's sung the wrong way. If you're not making money in the Bakken, you just truly are not thinking hard enough. Brother, it ain't country, no. Looking for a helping hand? Look at the end of your doggone arm. North Dakotans aren't looking over their shoulder for the government to help them. Some furco wearing wannabes producing your stuff. Brother, you ain't country, no. If you can't move to it, crew to it, up and slam some boots to it, party to it all night long. If it ain't about whiskey sipping, guitar picking, tractors, trailers, trucks, or prison, man, it ain't a country song. As long as I'm working, my mom and dad are happy. Okay. <laughs> and a shower. Well, that was always the key, especially going to Thunder Bay. Brother, it ain't country, no. Yeah, and he doesn't like life, I guess. starts <laughs> Insanity, right? North Dakota, the Bakken Plague. The Crude Life. Play hard, work hard. Is sponsored in part by... It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented 
to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. The Crude Life. Play hard, work hard. Is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. Crude Life with Jason Spies. Thank you for joining the program today. You know, I, I come from an oil background. My family's been in the oil and gas industry for 60 years. I, I think the thing with the younger generation is the younger generation has pretty much bought into the climate change phenomenon. They really believe everything that people tell them. We just want to thank everybody that has been so supportive of us, and especially you, Jason. Without without your help, I don't think our event would be as successful as it is. So I, I don't want to be real critical of them because being a guy who's, you know, dad has several small businesses and, and coming from that sort of small business background, I get it. I mean, the, the, the operators here were put in a real bad position by the state of North Dakota. Well, that we've got people like you to pay attention and bring us information on stuff like this. Prices can't go any lower for services. I, I, they're, they're too low right now. I, our margins are in the single percentage point if we're lucky, and we're not lucky that often. You're exactly right. ESG is becoming more and more important to shareholders. I can see for my 20 companies, they take it very serious. It makes perfect sense, and I thought you had a really good show last week. Jason, I love your inquisitive questions because you you ask important questions that that lead to the most important truths. Hey, this is Kevin Kramer representing proudly the state of North Dakota in the United States Senate. Talking to Jason Spies, who's like the best energy interviewer in the world. No one does an interview like Jason Spies. We all like living the crude life, so... <laughs>